0: Welcome back to another episode of Becoming No One. This is episode 12. I'm your host, Big Taj. And today we're going to talk about lucid dreaming. So I know the last couple of episodes has been like two-part episodes. This will also be a two-part episode. Y'all, I get all of my information from books, sometimes multiple books. So um, a lot of them will have like a volume two. And I try to get as much information as I possibly can um, because I want us to, you know, be aware explore and have a safe place where we can come and learn about these things so this will be part one next week will be part two in this episode we're gonna talk about like the basics of lucid dreaming but we're not gonna actually get into how do you lucid dream until next week but we will talk about like what to expect during lucid dream we'll talk a little bit about realism we're definitely going to dive into consciousness which we talked about the levels of consciousness and briefly hit on consciousness but now we need to understand what the fuck is consciousness right um so we'll get to understand that in a very very deep level on this episode which I'm really excited about we'll talk about awareness and also preparing to lucid dream um and then we'll also talk about memories and sleep paralysis and the reason why we need to talk about memories and sleep paralysis is because they play a part in consciousness and they also play a part in this lucid dreaming. So lucid dreaming has actually been around for a very long time. The first evidence of lucid dreaming was through the Egyptians and also the Tibetan book of dead. So if you know anything about the Egyptian book of dead or the Tibetan book of dead, you've probably realized that they used uh, tactics like astral projection meditation and also lucid dreaming for preparation for death. Right. Um so ancient yogis also use this as well as like dream meditations where they basically sit for long periods of time and they go into these meditations and are able to basically explore the astral uh realm, uh the mental plane and any other planes of existence, which we'll talk about once we talk about this the second half of this episode and then the episode after we'll talk about like the the planes of existence right so um lucid dreaming is not a new concept okay this has been around for a very very long time I suggest anybody who's going on this journey to read the Egyptian book of the dead and the Tibetan book of the dead because um, a lot of these religions are basically based off of these books and it's just great literature to read, just to figure out what the ancients were doing and what they knew that we don't know now. Okay. So lucid dreaming wasn't taken seriously into a well-known psychophysicist studied it and his name was Stephen Laberg. Um, so if you want to look him up, you can, but he basically dis- he basically, um did experiments right on consciousness. So um we'll cover lucid dreaming over the next two episodes. In this episode we're going to explore again consciousness, sleep paralysis, memories in relation to dreaming, and also talk about how we can prepare to lucid dream in the waking life. Like what we can do while we're awake to kind of help us um lucid dream when we go to sleep. Okay. And um now that it's starting to be more accepted if you need a good representation of what lucid dreaming is, the movie Inception is really good. Vanilla Sky is another one that's really good. They're both about dream control and lucid dreaming. Um, because like I done said a million times before, they be putting it in our face. Y'all, y'all gotta watch these movies with a certain amount of discernment. All right. And then you also need to understand when it comes to lucid dreaming, intention is really, really important. Okay, you need to set the intention for why you want to lucid dream. If you want to start practicing this, you need to understand why you want to start practicing. Like what is the overall goal? Because that'll actually help you to, you know, get into the lucid dreaming state. Okay. So first and foremost, Taja, what the hell is lucid dreaming? Now, in the last episode, I told y'all lucid dreaming was great practice for astral projection. If you want to build up to astral projection, lucid dreaming is a great place to start. But lucid dreaming is very different than astral projection because astral projection is you either um, being aware that your consciousness is separating um, whereas lucid dreaming is you are actually in the dream state and you realize that you are having a dream, right? You become aware that you are dreaming and then at that point you can take over your dream. Now, what makes this good practice for astral projection is that a lot of things that happen when you ast- when you astral project actually happens when you're lucid dreaming as well, okay? So you may hear the sound of rushing water. You may hear feel like numbness in your lips. Um, you may feel like you're being pushed or you're sinking into your bed. And a lot of times, this is a big one, you feel a presence is watching you. I can't tell you how many times I had somebody say that they woke up in the middle of sleep paralysis and felt like a presence was watching them okay this typically happens and is super super normal in lucid dreaming so with us knowing this we have to accept that this experience is not going to be comfortable at the beginning okay because lucid dreaming activates our amygdala and our amygdala is responsible for fear okay so we are already tapped into this fear energy when we're in this lucid dreaming state so a lot of people will report these intense vibrations, right? And the vibrations can kind of range from like mild tingling to like vibrating so hard that you feel like your body is about to fall apart. Yes, I'm a little dramatic, but to some people, that's what it feels like. I feel vibrations myself, okay? And the whole purpose of this is... um Or the whole reason why this is happening is because you are conscious or you are aware when the separation is happening, where your astral body is kind of separating from your physical or your chemical body, right? Um, But you need to understand that these are not real. Even though they feel very real, they're not really happening. And also, the fear itself is not real, it's an illusion. It's just that the portion of the brain that controls fear is actually activated in this process. Okay. Um so how to prepare for lucid dreaming. It's very similar to astral projection, but the best preparation is practice. Okay, just like anything, like you got to practice how to walk, you have to practice how to eat, you have to practice how to talk. Like anything, you have to practice how to use your astral body and lucid dreaming is how you do it. Now, what can we do throughout our day in awaken life that kind of helps and prepares us in this process is compare what you see in the dream state to the waking state, okay? And sometimes there's no comparison, but compare them. When you're awake throughout your day, go through your house and look around you, okay? When you go to the store, look at everything, pay attention to literally everything, try to notice as much as you can possibly notice, okay? Because that is gonna help you increase your awareness and whatever you do to the astral body happens to the physical body and vice versa. Whatever you do in your waking life, Can repeat itself in your dream life, which we talked about in the last episode when we talked about astral projection. So start comparing the stuff in your dreams, to stuff that you see in everyday life. Also, you need to understand the body. This is going to be an uncomfortable situation, but it is not real. Focus on relaxing throughout the day, whether that's meditation, whether that's yoga, whether that's sitting down and doing breath work, but practice on getting into that relaxed state, okay? Because some people have had really bad experiences because of poor misunderstandings. And what I mean by that is the astral or the dream world is different than the physical world. And sometimes somebody will notice something that is off and not realize they're dreaming and cause their emotions kind of get you know kind of go haywire which causes them to have a bad experience all right so understanding what to expect in this process really helps you so that you don't have the same reaction so that you can calm down and you can relax you know within this process now, another thing that people will report is hearing this buzzing sound, um, almost like you can, some people report this as well in this sleep paralysis stage, okay? But this is actually a really good indicator that you're either about to lucid dream or you're about to astro project and have some type of out of body experience. Now, some other common occurrences that people have uh reported are again some type of paralysis or sleep paralysis hypnotic hallucinations meaning they are seeing figures right extreme vibrations or a sensing of floating or falling these are all indicators that is doing what it's supposed to be doing okay so don't be alarmed by them start to take notice of them but don't have an emotional reaction to them because if you have an intense reaction to them that jumps you out of your sleep like fear okay um Next, we're going to talk about realism. Now, realism is this comparing of stuff in the waking world to um, the dream world. OK, realism is most people, when they realize that they're dreaming, they're going to go see what is actually real in the dream. OK, so when people start to become conscious in a dream, they first try to test how real something is. So um, we have to talk about the difference between how real our reality is versus like the dream world. OK, so out of body experience dreams or astral travel whatever you want to call them there's a high degree of realism because the dreamer feels like they are actually there okay so these are the dreams where you're like Oh my gosh, it felt like I actually was talking to them, right? After my cousin passed away, my brother came to me and was like, I had a dream that me and Kim was sitting by the pool and we was just chatting and it felt like she, it felt like she was really there. It felt like I was really talking to her or whatever. And she said X, Y, and Z, and it kind of lined up to something in our, our regular life or whatever that those dreams that make you feel like they, like you was not dreaming. Those are the ones that have like a high um, a high level of realism, meaning that they feel like it's really happening and it's very, wherever you are, is very similar to this physical plane. Now, those dreams are more closely related to out-of-body experiences and astral projection. However, when you are in a lucid dream, there are going to be certain things that are off. That's why they tell you, check a clock, check your fingers on your hand are really, really good because sometimes you'll have like seven fucking fingers and you're supposed to only have five, okay? So um, it's a super thin line with the astral projection between what's real and what's fake, whereas with lucid dreaming there's some type of indicator that you are actually in a dream. Now we're actually going to spend a bulk of the time talking about consciousness. And that's what we're about to get into next. Okay. So, um, I just want us to refresh our mind on consciousness, but also dig a little bit deeper than we've been talking about consciousness. Cause I think that we literally just scraped the surface enough for you to understand what it is I needed to teach you, but we didn't go into like grave detail. Okay. When we talked about consciousness, we talked about the levels of consciousness, but we didn't really say like, what is consciousness? How are they studying consciousness? How do we know about this? What can it do? Like, we don't know stuff like that. So I wanted to take some time for us to dig a little bit deeper because consciousness really does affect this lucid dreaming and astral projection states right and this the whole purpose of this entire experience is for us to expand our consciousness so we have to know like what the fuck it is okay so um what is consciousness and how does it differ from the mind um, so there have been multiple studies on consciousness, um, uh, but there's been a more recent one and it was a very difficult study. Um, as you can imagine, because again, consciousness is not something tangible. It's not something that we can see. It's not something that we can feel. Um, but consciousness is considered to be a physical phenomenon because it affects the physical world, if that makes sense. So it expresses itself in awareness, alertness, attention, focus. Focus and wakefulness, but it is not those things. Okay. It expresses itself in those things, but it's not those things. Okay. So we experience it, we experience these states internally. So no one else can experience them for us, which means that consciousness cannot really be proved externally because we are the only person who like lays witness to it we can tell somebody what we experience internally we can tell somebody the emotions that we feel but there's no way for them to prove that we are actually feeling that okay because there's no witness to it now there was a neuroscientist by the name of tony nader and um he said that for someone to be conscious they have to possess three characteristics and the first one is they must be able to observe OK, they must be able to observe themselves and their own awareness or it not them. You know, it could be consciousness in the first level of consciousness. OK, but it must be able to observe itself and observe Um, its own awareness and they must be able to experience the process of observation so as I explained before consciousness is physical and it kind of goes beyond the mind it is influenced by the physical world and it can actually change what we eat how we act our habits how we deal with pain and trauma and um, it also causes hormonal changes in the body okay so the releasing of Um, anxiety hormones stuff like that that's what I mean by hormonal changes um and then also like how we react to the information that we're receiving as well okay so um consciousness also influences our physical states so you change your perspective and your behavior changes based off of you know what physical state you in you are in so who you are changes all right now Tony Nader this uh neuroscientists actually said that changes start in the spirit then it's processed by the mind then the body has some type of reaction to the information that it's receiving okay so i actually say this all the time if you want things to change they need to change you need to change your mental first once you change your mental they the things start to happen in the spiritual plane before you can actually see them in the physical plane that's what this is saying okay so um spirit and consciousness function in the same way as change in consciousness causes hormonal changes in the body which affects the body as a Whole. All right. How do they study consciousness? Now, consciousness can be studied by oxygen markers in the brain. So they see how much oxygen is going to certain areas of the brain, and these certain areas of the brains are being activated based off what specific task they control. Okay. So, like I said, these specific areas of the brain have specific tasks that they handle. All right, so um, we can't see consciousness itself, but we can see neural activity happening in the brain and in the body. And this is how they basically measure the consciousness. They identify patterns of neural activity and by the oxygen going to certain areas, they can determine that consciousness is being used. This is what they mean um, when they say someone is brain dead. There is no activity in the brain or no oxygen going to brain to the brain or these certain areas to cause these patterns. So since I mentioned it a little bit, I'll give you a little bit more detail of what is happening when somebody's brain dead or what they mean by somebody being brain dead, okay? So brain stem death is where a person no longer has any brain stem functions and has permanent lo- permanently lost the potential for consciousness and the capacity to breathe because your brain is the part of the body that tells you to breathe. Okay? So if you think about it, um, we breathe in oxygen. And where does the oxygen go? It goes to the brain, which is how they study consciousness. OK, um, so that's why when you uh, when people start talking about meditation, they start doing meditation to manage your thoughts. Um, they are often led to what breath work, right? And breathing practices um, through their meditations, but also yoga as well. They focus a lot on breathing. All right. Now, why is this important? Why should we care about this? All right. Well, we should care about this because breathing actually affects our mood, okay, which is our emotions. It also affects our attention, what we focus on and what we concentrate on. So our mind and it also affects our body, our awareness, what position your body is in, in your physical body. All right. Or. Mind, body, and spirit. Now, you may have heard this before. I actually talked about this earlier this week on TikTok as well. The mind, body, and spirit is how we expand our consciousness. And we are talking about consciousness. Okay. Now, when we talk about minds, body and spirit, this is considered to be the Holy Trinity. Now the Holy Trinity is also represented by God, Jesus, and uh, the Virgin Mary in a lot of biblical texts. And it's always a father figure, figure, a female figure and a male child. And the reason being is, is these are supposed to be symbolism, um, for, us coming into balance right we need to master or or bring our how we feel how we think and what we do into some type of alignment and some type of balance now once we do those three things we are able to effectively and efficiently expand our consciousness okay so let me explain this to you the male figure or the father figure actually represents knowledge okay and it represents your mind. What does your mind do? It obtains knowledge. But knowledge is nothing without understanding. How do we understand things? Through our emotions. That is the female or the feminine component. All right. Which is the spirit Okay, and then the male son, the reason why it's a male son is because the male son is supposed to represent the body. Okay, once we have knowledge and understanding, then we can apply that knowledge and understanding. That's what we refer to as wisdom the application of knowledge and understanding. But wisdom is just the action that you take once you have new knowledge and understanding. So, the male son is the body because. Our body is the masculine energy in us, right? It's the bottom three chakras, which are masculine. The mother is the top three chakras, which is our spiritual chakras, right? Which are feminine. And then the mind is something separate. Okay. So it is supposed to represent, Uh, The father represents the mind, the mother represents the heart, and then the female or the male child represents the body. Okay. Now, those are all symbolic of our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. All right. Consciousness affects these things. So we need to understand these things because once we get the appropriate knowledge, once we get the appropriate understanding, then we can take the appropriate action. This is why a lot of times in our society, we are constantly getting misinformation from the people in charge. We're constantly being being given a spent narrative or thought fake news, okay, about uh, certain things and certain people. And the reason why they're doing that is because if we don't have the knowledge, right, If the knowledge is hidden from us, or we've been given the wrong knowledge, we're going to take the wrong actions. Okay, if we're being given the wrong knowledge, then we don't know a path forward. So what action do we take? Now, let me bring this full circle for y'all. What does it look like? when how you feel how you think and how you act are out of alignment the mind body and soul it looks like those people who are soli- who are still living in survival mode OK, because your thoughts are everywhere. You got so many thoughts going through your mind. You cannot come to some type of clarity. You are unable to regulate your emotions, which means that you're triggered by your environment and triggered by your past traumas. And in the last part, those two things are affecting the way that you interact with other people. They're affecting what you do. OK, now, Taja. What causes the mind, body and spirit or how we think, how we act and how we feel to be out of alignment? And there's a short answer. Fear. Okay. Now I talked about the amygdala earlier and the amygdala is the part of the brain that is associated with fear. People who are living in survival mode, which again, if you think about it, fight, flight, or freeze, if you're in survival mode, there's an imminent danger in your environment, meaning there is something to fear in your environment. If you're constantly living in that state, you're constantly living in fear. Okay. So, Fear is what it is. Now, that is why we live in this society that is constantly pushing fear rhetoric. Why are they doing that? Because it keeps your mind, body, and spirit out of alignment. Now, how do we fix this, Taja? Well, the simple answer is the fucking sun, guys. Getting out into the sun. I believe that this is why they kept us in the house when COVID was happening. Because the the consciousness or the, the vibration of the planet was raising and they were trying to control our access to it. Okay, the sun actually activates our DNA, which is a storage for hidden information. We have esoteric information hidden inside of our DNA that we don't have access to because we haven't raised our consciousness enough, because I've said many times before that you can only um, you can only perceive consciousness based on the level that you are at. So you have to constantly be gaining this knowledge, this understanding and then applying it through wisdom. Now, it is no coincidence that the ancient Egyptians used to worship the sun. Okay. There is a documentary on a Gaia channel called Sun Worship. That is a really good documentary. You should watch it. Okay. They know that uh, the sun is what we're supposed to be worshiping. Christianity and Judaism, um, when they were being translated, there's something called the lazy O theory, which I've talked about before, where a lot of translators translators were were changing s-u-n to s-o-n okay now that has been said to have happened when they were translating the bible as well okay it's supposed to be the worship of the sun in the sky because the sun in the sky actually suppresses our amygdala now they can't have our amygdala suppressed because that means that we don't have any fear and if we don't have any fear that means that we will take the necessary actions that we need to take on anybody anybody who won't smoke we won't smoke too Okay, they cannot have that because we are not easily controlled when we are not bogged down in fear. Now, we're going to talk about this concept more next season when we start to talk about the hermetic principles, right? Because this season, again, is about us and what we need to know about us, our capabilities, you know, our intrinsic design, like all of that. Whereas the next season is going to be about the universe. It's going to be about... uh everything outside of us so that we can start expanding our consciousness, what we're actually talking about right now. How do we do that? practicing lucid dreaming and astral projection because they help you to expand your consciousness and your awareness okay now we can alter consciousness based on how we interact with our senses okay how our brain operates and how we change our states of awareness brain function and mental states which can influence our level of awareness or what we think or what we perceive as consciousness um, but consciousness is a thing in itself. Okay. So these things, this brain function and mental states are separate than what consciousness actually is. All right. Um, it's separate from this awareness as well, which we're going to talk about awareness next. Okay. Now consciousness changes based on how things are learned because the conscious mind is where learning happens. Then it is processed and becomes a memory, which is stored in the unconscious mind, which is called implicit cognition, which influences behaviors but it's outside of conscious awareness, all right? Meaning that even though our unconscious mind is quote-unquote unconscious, it's not a, unconscious, we're just not aware of it in our conscious state, if that makes sense. So if you think of implicit cognition as muscle memory, that will kind of like help you understand what this is or the fact that once we learn how to ride a bike, we never forget how to ride a bike, okay? This this consciousness or this implicit cognition allows us to build up some type of memory in our body that uh, allows us to adapt okay now there are actually three states of consciousness waking dreaming and deep sleep okay those are the three states waking is when you're up and you're fully aware and you're moving throughout your day doing your little rigmarole whatever you do all right Dreaming is when you are experiencing REM sleep and you're having like a dream or a simulated reality is happening while you're sleeping. All right. And then deep sleep is neither dreaming or being awake, but you are aware of your thoughts. Okay, now sleep paralysis and astral projection, out of body experiences, all of those happen in this deep sleep state. All right. Now, within each state, uh, impairment is possible, meaning impairment of your consciousness is possible and your consciousness may not. Uh, fully function or it may be functioning differently than it would in the waking world okay so here are some impaired states of consciousness that we need to be aware of number one is going to be anesthesia because what does anesthesia do it puts your body to sleep and temporarily disrupts consciousness all right being locked in the state of paralysis is also another um impairment of your consciousness Minimally conscious states where you are still responsive, but you are unconscious vegetative states, which means that you're completely unconscious or completely unresponsive, not unconscious. And then comas. There mean that means comas are like you. There's no waking state. There's no dreaming state or there's no sleep cycle whatsoever. Okay. Um, Another way is also under drugs and alcohol, because again, uh, I explained to you guys before that under drugs and alcohol, you enter an altered state of consciousness, which is also considered to be um, impaired. All right. Now, lucid dreaming actually happens in the dreaming state when you become aware that you are dreaming and become capable of exploring the dream as if you are awake and aware. Now, sleepwalking, sleepwalking um, is actually... Not always remembered by the person and, um, you can become aware enough that you start to like move stuff, but sleepwalking is actually when our body does not paralyze the body before going to sleep. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but that's also like another impaired state of consciousness and then also hypnosis. Okay. Because consciousness can be altered enough that a person seems unconscious, although they are awake, but they're highly influenced by outside sources. So as you can see, our levels of consciousness change throughout the day based on how we're interacting with our environment on like a fundamental level. So um, consciousness is directly linked to how we interact with our environment, including our sleep cycle. Now, lucid dreaming and astral projections are happening in those sleep cycles. OK, so that's why it's important for us to talk about consciousness and explore consciousness in this, le- in this lesson um, so that we can understand what we're even doing. OK. Okay. Which is expanding our consciousness. Now um, let's talk about this kind of from a scientific standpoint. So um, we must understand that some parts of our brain sense information like up to four seconds before we can consciously perceive or process the information. So it's basically sensing the information before we even become aware of it. Okay. In our body. So the reticular formation of the brain is responsible for how much wakefulness we experience OK, so our consciousness, unconscious, like that type of thing. But it's also responsible for regulating our consciousness. All right. So damage to this area, the reticular formation usually causes somebody to go into a coma because all of our sensory information has to go through the reticular formation before it can ever be processed by any other area of the brain. Okay, so this is how we know consciousness and awareness are different from each other. Although they're related, they're two different things. All right. So our awareness only occurs when a secondary or succeeding area of the brain becomes aware of this information. So it's almost like when we have to go through customs every time we enter a new country as a new visitor, right? The reticular formation is customs for new information, thoughts, ideas, insights, all right? Now, the other parts of the brain, the hippocampus controls the basic bodily functions of homeostasis, the midbrain and the amygdala control the core self and the ego. Okay. So you remember I said that the amygdala is responsible for fear. Okay. We already know the relationship between ego and fear because ego is what keeps us um, alive. Okay. Ego is responsible for us surviving. All right. So it operates based off of fucking fear. Okay. Okay. And then the cortex is the autobiographical self, which contains language, speech, and memories. All right. Now, because there is this delay and it takes time for us to process information, our reality is actually delayed. But our brain has a masking effect that makes us or that allows us to think that everything is continuous. Okay. And in this masking effect, what it's actually doing is making up stuff, like pulling stuff from our environment to make things more cohesive, okay, and make sure that our consciousness is experienced continuously. So there are a couple ways in the waking state that we can experience this lag or this delay or this brain masking, okay, where we can see it start to break down. Now, people who have like brain lesions or like people who have like some type of damage to their brain, Um, those people will basically say things like it was as if I was experiencing it and time was slowed down. Okay. And life was happening in slow motion. Okay. Now this happens because the brain can no longer keep up with the masking effect due to it being in a weakened state. All right. This also happens in traumatic accidents as well. Now, I always think about the movies when I think about this. Every single time somebody goes through something traumatic in a movie, they start to like show them like zoning out and then they show us from their perspective and all of the auditory sounds are inaudible. You can't understand what nobody is saying or it sounds like a slow down record. Everybody talking in slow motion and it's like life is happening around them, but everything everything that they're experiencing is slowed down, okay? And this is a result of the brain not being able to keep up that masking effect because something traumatic has happened or something has damaged the brain, okay? It's a traumatic injury. Now, there is also a large part of our consciousness that we aren't aware of, which is our unconscious mind, but it controls a large area of our experience, okay? Now, this is why we're going to lose a dream. All right. Now, these things are important to talk about because we become aware of some of these things when we are lucid dreaming, the stuff that we have hidden from ourselves, the lost memories. Okay. If you need a good example of this, I'm going to say a time blew in the face. The kids movie Inside Out talks about this when they say, do you want to go to the subconscious mind? And then they go down into this dark area where all this, all of her fears exist. Okay. So it's like the same freaking thing. Now, lucid dreaming is building a relationship between your unconscious mind. Because the unconscious mind will hide things from us. This is why sometimes you can't remember your dreams. But through lucid dreaming, you can learn to become aware during these dreams and transfer your consciousness from the dreaming world to the waking world. So the things that have been hidden from you, you can actually bring them to your conscious mind so that you can actually deal with them. Okay. Now, why is that important? Because the things that you have experienced in your memories actually shape your belief system. If you want to change your mind, you have to change your beliefs, but you have. Have to know where the hell the belief came from that's why again until i'm blue in the face shadow work is so important okay Yes, you can you're not going to be able to remember everything that had happened in your life, but through lucid dreaming, astral projecting, doing shadow work, meditating through all of those things combined, you are able to expand your consciousness. You are able to figure out what is hidden and deal with it. And I ain't saying, I know I'm a preacher, but I ain't saying that I ain't. All right. So the ego is another aspect of your consciousness that plays in the background because your perception of self is generated by consciousness. All right. Your experiences. Now, um, actual consciousness is another aspect, which is important to your overall view of reality, which includes your intentions, your desires, your emotions, your wishes, your thoughts, your uh, imaginings, and your plans, your goals, right? These are all actions behind your consciousness or how you play out your consciousness. It's an expression of what the self wants most. Okay. This is called your, again, actual consciousness. So as you can see, your ego is not the whole you, but a small part of you. It's a small part of your consciousness. All right. That's why the ego should not be driving the fucking car. Okay. Cause there's so much more to your consciousness than this little blip, this little small piece that a lot of us are living out of, which is, you know, the ego again, puts us in that survival mode. All right. So again, do your shadow work so you can get out of survival mode. And um, get out of those lower vibrational energy places, right? Because we also talked about this before. When you are trying to astral project, when you are going into a lucid dream, you actually affect your reality. How you feel affects your reality, okay? So if you haven't dealt with your fears and your shadow work, that stuff is going to play out in front of your freaking face, okay? And it's going to affect your experience, okay? The same with earth teachers, the shroomies, Okay, if you do not set proper intentions, right, if you do not set proper intentions and your mind ain't right, you are going to have a bad experience. You're going to trip so hard that you crack all your front teeth, baby. Okay, so it's the same. It's the same. um, It's the same thing. Okay. now the unconscious mind is in control and creates lucidity, which brings brings things that are in our unconscious mind to our conscious awareness, okay? So, Consciousness is the ability to awake, okay, is to be aware and to evaluate your environment. The most important part is the evaluating the environment part, okay, because how we do that is we obtain knowledge, okay, the father figure, the mind, all right, we process for a better understanding the emotions, the female figure, the mother, okay, and then we apply the knowledge and understanding through action in our day-to-day life, the male son, Okay, the body. All right. So that is why all of this is important because it's all related. All right. Um, then through what we do in our day to day life, right, because through acting this out, we actually start to develop those habits that shape how we experience our reality and how we create our reality. So, um, like, The great Erica Badu said, my cypher keeps moving like a rolling stone, baby, okay? I hope that this is bringing this uh, 360 degrees for some of y'all, okay? Everything that we have talked about is related, okay? So that's why it's important uh, for us to understand how the mind works, for us to understand how the body works, and for us to understand how the spirit work, okay? And that's what we've been talking about this whole season, how the mind, the body, and the spirit work. All right, the ego and the higher self the levels of consciousness All of that has to do with the mind the body and spirit how we feel how we think and how we act Why because when we put those into balance and into alignment, we are able to effectively expand our consciousness And that is what we came here to do. Okay, that is the ultimate goal So we can get up out of here. All right, so we don't have to do this again. Okay so Um, Why is this important? Again, because these are the key concepts of lucid dreaming and we can deduce that consciousness and wakefulness are different. Okay. We can feel empowered to explore our different levels of consciousness. Okay. And this is how we do it. We got to practice. We got to practice. We got to practice because practice makes perfect. All right. Now, lost dreams and concepts are hidden in the unconscious mind, and practicing becoming aware during these dream states can help you to gain access to those hidden concepts and belief systems that affect the way that you see life in the waking world. This is why we are the best interpreter of our own dreams because our dreams are about us. Okay. It's about the shit that we got hidden. We just need to go through it, shuffle through it, think about it, you know, keep a dream journal, right? If, you, if it's on a certain date, write down a date. If you've seen a time in your dream, write that down too, okay? Because those things are hints for you to discover what your dream is about, all right? So, um also, again, if you need a good place to start, look at the movie Inside Out. Look at Inception, all right? The scene in Inception where he went into his mind and he unlocked a fear his wife had died in real life and he started experiencing some type of distorted reality where she was present okay and he literally almost lost them everything right he almost lost himself in a dream because he was starting to not be able to tell the difference between what was real and what was fake okay so inception again is a great movie to watch about this because it can really help you to understand all right that there's stuff that is hidden from us in the unconscious mind that affect us in those lucid or those astral states okay so again two words shadow work all right so the unconscious is not really unconscious though we are just not consciously aware of it all right It's always there, but our eyes play a trick on us or our our mind is playing a trick on us, okay? It's kind of like our nose. We know that our nose is on our face and we should be able to see our nose from the position of our eyes, but we can't see it because our brain is playing a trick on us, right? But if we focus and we look at it, it's there. It's the same thing with consciousness. I know that my analogies be off the chain, y'all, but I'm telling y'all, my brain works in a weird way. So it do be making sense to me. I hope it be making sense to y'all. All right, so it's there, but are we not aware of it? All right, now this also can be accessed through hypnosis. The unconscious mind can be accessed through hypnosis, okay? That's why some people will do those past life regressions or some people will go under hypnosis to figure out what's hidden in a subconscious mind. Some people will go under hypnosis to stop themselves from train smoking, okay? Or stop themselves from some type of addiction because if you can get to the core foundation of that belief and where it started, all you do is gotta change it. All you do is got to trick the mind. Now, when we was talking about the ego, we talked about Sigmund Freud and we talked about Carl, Carl Jung. Okay, now Carl Jung actually said that the unconscious mind is basically expressing itself through the ego in the waking world, which to me makes a ton of fucking sense because. Um, what we're doing is going around projecting our insecurities, our belief systems, living in comparison to other people, and seeing ourselves experiencing this separation. Right when we're living in our ego and when we're living in survival mode. So when we haven't done our shadow work, uh, we're reacting to everything based off of our trauma, based off of our experiences. Okay, so that makes perfect freaking sense. Now I can't speak to the validity of it, but to me, it the math is mathing. All right. Now, through the dream experience, we can bring whatever is hidden again to from the unconscious mind to the conscious, which helps you to increase awareness of your true self. Okay, your true state of being. And just a little FYI, this is what they are trying to recreate through this A.I., through this transhumanism. They are trying to recreate consciousness. Okay, that is what A.I. is. They're trying to make consciousness, all right? Now, the movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp is a great movie to explore this concept of them trying to create consciousness through AI. Now, let's talk about awareness in preparing to lucid dream, okay? So you basically... Lucid dreaming is basically you catching yourself dreaming, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Okay. Um, so how do we do this? We have to notice the difference between the dream world and the real world. Now, the reason why this is hard to do is because our overall level of awareness in our dream state is impaired when it comes to rational thinking and when it comes to processing information. So our mind does not work the same in the dream state. So this is why a good practice to prepare for lucid dreaming is becoming super aware of everything in your waking world so start paying attention to your thoughts your environment start paying attention to other people and their body language your reaction to certain situations and things like literally become so present in your life and your reality remember whatever happens to your astral body again happens to your physical body and vice versa so increasing your awareness in the waking world will increase your awareness in the dream state as well making you Uh, your ability to lucid dream easier. All right. Now, what is awareness? Now, before we can talk about awareness, let's talk about not being aware. Okay. And when are we in a not being aware state when we are zoning out? So a lot of us will zone out throughout the day and wind up in these trance like states. Now, this is that going into autopilot, whenever you are in these bored or these stressful moments. Now we tend to not focus or pay attention to our environment being in this trance that makes us oblivious to what is happening in our reality. Now, this is what people mean when they say you are dissociated. Okay. You are unaware of your reality or you have separated yourself from it by moving into an altered state of consciousness. Okay. So you are in your own little world and you don't, know what's happening, who's the people could be talking to you. And if you in your phone sometimes you in a trance state. If you on social media, I literally had somebody do this to me when we was on the phone and I literally had a whole conversation with her and she didn't even remember it because she was scrolling through social media and she had tuned me out. It's the same thing. It's dissociating. Okay. So lucid dreaming Actually helps you to achieve the opposite of dissociation and it helps us to stay more aware and increase our awareness. All right. So, also another good practice is to practice mindfulness. Okay. Because it prepares you again for lucid dreaming. Now, the ancient Egyptians and the Tibetans had great meditation and mindfulness practices. There have been scientific studies that have drawn a correlation between mindfulness and lucid dreaming. All right. Now, mindfulness is just paying attention. Okay. That's what awareness is paying attention. Okay. So it's paying attention or staying focused on what is immediately happening in your reality. This trains the bank, the brain to be less reactive, meaning that you are not responding like impulsively to whatever triggers you, you are evaluating it and you're going from this place of fixing things to observing things. Okay. You're observing, but you're not having a reaction. Okay. This trains your brain to be less reactive. So you just have to say, you just moved into an apartment that's by a train track and you're sitting down on a couch and all of a sudden the train starts blaring its horn and you jump up out of your seat because this is your first time hearing it. Well, the next time that train comes, you're not going to have the same reaction because you've already experienced it and you almost can anticipate when it's coming. So our brain and our body starts to remember certain things so that we are less reactive to them. And lucid dreaming helps us practice this. So mindfulness actually improves the connections within the brain. Now this is actually what Dr. Joe Dispenza was talking about, and when he was blowing up on the internet, okay, improving these neural pathways. So when we focus on something, the brain starts to add. new neural pathways or cheat codes for that specific focus so say something traumatic happens to you right the first time that it happens just like that train your brain is just gonna try to figure it out okay it's gonna send out all kind of signals and it's gonna try to figure it out right but the second time it happens it's going to be better at sending the information that needs to be sent to the body whether it's a release of hormones whether it's stress anxiety cortisol whatever it's able to function better that second time and as you continuously focus on something the better and better and better the brain becomes at sending the proper appropriate signals to the body all right this is also a contributor to living in survival mode all right so This is the same thing we talked about in the episode about the ego retraining your brain so your ego can stop triggering you to release those anxiety hormones, which is just cortisol based off of your past trauma. So the brain creates a shortcut or a neural pathway to send the message from the brain to the body. Now, the neurons ability to change means that the brain has to improve its ability to process information and indicates the adaptability based off of what We find important now. Mindfulness also has amazing effects on the body. Our bodies are a electrical and chemical communication devices whether we know it or not. Now, when your brain tells your body to walk, electrical impulses are sent through your neurons that release chemical signals that travel down these neuron pathways into the body to produce your desired reaction, okay? Or get the body to move. Now, the first time again that this happens, you may fumble through it, but as it keeps going or it keeps happening or you keep focusing on this thing, you become better and better. Now, they say you need to do something 10,000 times before you become an expert on it all of that is muscle memory is practice makes perfect. Okay. That's why we got to talk about memory in this episode. So there are these gaps, right? Or these synapses that are between these pathways. All right. Now these gaps between the nerves can actually store memory, or they have said that they think that they store memory. And, um, They are responsible for creating our memories. So if that is the case, then that means these are also responsible for storing our trauma and our pain, meaning these gaps or these synapses, right? Where these electrical impulses go from one neural pathway to another. Um, when we focus our attention on different parts of our body, we are directing electrical impulses to those areas. And that's why sometimes when you focus on your hips or you stretch your hips out, if your hip pops, some people will actually start shaking and start crying and have like this release of trauma. OK, because trauma is stored in the body. This is what we mean by trauma being stored in the body and apparently it's in these synapses now I actually practice breaking down this energy and moving this energy all the time through my meditative practices because I literally just move the consciousness throughout my body when I focus on my knee like I imagine like my consciousness hovering above my knee and then sinking down into it and that's how I also do my chakra meditations as well and I can literally feel the energy breaking down and moving and sometimes I'll start to get intrusive thoughts about situations I have never thought I have not thought about in years okay so the trauma starts to come up when I'm doing this also i listen to healing frequencies um as well in some some heads, headphones that kind of look like this noise cancellating really really loud i listen to these healing frequencies and i can feel the energy movement through my body i can feel the soap the throat chakra unblockage happening like i can literally feel it as it's happening so there are ways for you to practice this as well breaking down this energy that's stored in these synapses now how do we practice awareness? One mindful meditation, the goal is to produce no thoughts. You don't want to restrict or push away any thoughts during this mindfulness meditation because it allows you to play out whatever you're thinking about without any type of judgment. Okay. So you're just observing what is happening in this mindfulness meditation. You don't want to send your thoughts away or nothing. Just allow them to come into pass. The whole goal of this though, is to not become triggered by them, not to have an emotional reaction about them, allow them to come and go without any type of judgment or any type of attachments. Okay. It's going into that flow, baby It's going into that flow. Okay. The other part is reality checks. Now reality checks is throughout your day. Count how many fingers you have count, you know, how many toes you have, look at the clock constantly throughout the day, because remember whatever you're focusing on throughout the day, your habits are going to seep into the dream world. Okay. So nine times out of 10, if you're doing reality checks throughout the day, right? You're going to do a reality check when you get in a dream world. And that is your moment. Okay. That is how you become aware. That is the pathway to that awareness. All right. So, um, it's asking yourself if you are dreaming, do that throughout your day. First, become attentive to your surroundings, smell the air, touch things, compare the real world to the dream world. Okay. Um, Great objects to focus on are your cell phone, their clocks and also your hands. Look at those things frequently throughout the day. And then next, look for anything um, that feels strange. Okay, always look at look at it in your environment, because, again, it's going to cause you to do it in the sleeping world. Now, you can recite mantras that bring awareness as well, um, which is what some people do. Throughout the day, that's also a good method. Um, But do these reality checks while you're awake because it will help you to repeat that in a dream. Usually in a dream, um, you will have some type of abnormality with whatever you are checking. Whereas in the waking world, you won't have that abnormality. What I'm talking about is sometimes you'll look at your hand and you'll have seven fingers. Girl, you know you ain't got no seven fingers. Or maybe you do. I don't know your business. But what I'm saying is do those reality checks because once you can notice the differences It increases your level of awareness in both states, okay? Now, also, make sure that you're getting enough rest because that is essential for lucid dreaming. Sleep produces chemical changes in our brain that influence memory, cognition, hormones. Again, and hormones affect our weight, our diet, and our mood, all right? So it's really, really important that we get enough sleep, okay? So um, have you ever watched the Waco stakeout? Now, this was like a basically a guy who had... You can say a religious organization or you can say it's a cult, but basically the feds tried to raid his compound, and instead of allowing them to come in, they just started blasting on those fools. And a lot of cops were killed and a lot of people inside the compound were killed. Okay. But during this stakeout, which went over spanned over several days, right? The police used a tactic where they used sound and they kept either re looping the same song, like blasting it. Or they were just blasting music really loudly. Okay, because I think eventually they did change the song. But the reason why that they use this sound technique is because interrupting the sleep cycle literally makes you lose your fucking mind. Okay, and they use that in police tactics because they know that. Now, this Waco documentary is actually on Netflix. If you want to watch it, I believe it's on Netflix or it's on Hulu. Waco is W-A-C-O or whatever. It happened a long, long time ago in Waco, Texas. All right. So the reason why they do this is because they know that hallucinations happen and you can also lose your mind. So sleep is really, really important for us to have a healthy mind and body. Now, cortisol, which is the stress hormone, hormone, directly affects our sleep pattern or our circadian rhythm. Why? Because it uh, basically suppresses melatonin. And how does it do that? It stops serotonin from transforming into melatonin. All right. So if you are living in survival mode and you have this cortisol or you're stressed the fuck out and you have this cortisol constantly uh, pumping through your veins, you are not going to be able to get good sleep because it suppresses that melatonin, especially if you haven't been getting sunlight, especially if you haven't been eating right. Right. And this is how you become less electrical and you become more susceptible to that sleep paralysis. Now, how do we fix this again? Meditation, shadow work, managing your thoughts, evaluating your thoughts and figuring out where they came from, you know, keep the ego out of the driver's seat and also regulating your emotions. Okay. Evaluating them without judgment and stop being so reactive to everything that triggers you. Take a fucking second, take a beat, do whatever you need to do. Go outside and scream. If you have to start telling people, you know what? I'm not going to have this conversation right now. I'm going to give myself some time until you can process. And eventually with practice, you get better and better working out guys. Yeah. Believe it or not. um, working out produces dopamine. OK, and dopamine is our joy. It's our bliss. OK, working out like yoga, also breath work, dieting. OK, make sure that you stop eating two hours before you go to sleep so that your body is not using its sleep energy to digest your food. OK, I usually don't eat after eight o'clock, but that's up to you, because again, I don't get in other people's business. That ain't my business. All right. Make sure that you're getting the appropriate amount of minerals. Okay. Make sure that you are using herbal remedies. Again, mugwort tea, which I have some from Amazon. Um, I got some from Amazon. All you do is got to take some of that. And I'm telling you, y'all, it helps with the lucidity. All right. Also, Egyptian blue lotus is another thing, which is what the Egyptians used to use. Melatonin is another thing. Um, if you want a prescription, niacin is another thing. I don't recommend anything that's going to cause you more problems, but that's up to you. And also catnip. Catnip is a sedative if you ingest it. All right. So also reduce your caffeine intake. Make sure that you have a bedtime routine. Clean the space that you are going to sleep in because you have to create a safe space for you to sleep in order for you to feel safe. When your a consciousness awakens, all right, journal so you can process your feelings throughout the day, journal when you wake up so that you can figure out what's on your mind and you can deal with it. So it's not, you know, interrupting your entire day, set intentions before you go to sleep. All right. The unconscious mind cannot read our mind. All right. So it is up to us to tell it what we want. Okay. So we do this by setting intentions. All right. The conscious mind thinks the unconscious mind stores memories. Tell the unconscious mind what you want to focus on and what you don't want to focus on. All right. And make sure that you turn the lights off because even the smallest amount of light can throw off your sleep cycle. Now, that's why, again, people who watch scary movies will turn the light on because they know that one, darkness cannot manifest very well in light. And two, um, that it interrupts your sleep cycle. Okay, so if you're having a nightmare and you have the light on, you're more likely to wake up. Okay, now light makes us feel safe in that there is a reason for that. Now, what is that reason you may ask? I don't know, but it might have something to do with the light being the physical manifestation of love okay so this is gonna be the end of this episode y'all now I'm gonna give y'all the resources just because I still need y'all to know what the resources is and where I got this information but the first place is called a visionary guide to lucid dreaming it's by Lee Adams I highly 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 suggest he do- also does like other work with like ego and stuff like that and then also the Egyptian and Thib- uh, Tibet and Book of the Dead the movie Inception Vanilla Sky Inside Out and um, there was another movie that I mentioned in here as well. Transcendence. Those would be really good places to start next week. We're going to jump it off. we talking about memories and sleep paralysis. And yeah, I'm so excited. I hope this uh, episode really brought some things full circle for y'all, especially in understanding how we expand our consciousness, right? Since we already know what the levels of consciousness are. And yeah, I'm excited for us to continue this journey, y'all. We have one more part of this episode and then we have only what? two more episodes before the season is over i'm kind of sad about that actually but i love y'all deep and i can't wait to see y'all next week happy healing people